Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John worries about me driving in the snow and considers getting his PhD. Meanwhile, I talk to my Uber driver and immediately regret it and ponder drinking from a boot. Plus, a conversation about the Illuminati and other conspiracies, our collective need for gossip and secrets, and what it says about our culture. Today's episode is not sponsored by Doggy Doors, convenient for pets and burglars. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Johnny is the Snowmageddon edition of Talk About That. A winter wonderland. I mean, let me tell you something. It's the most snow in our area of Nashville that I remember in a long, long time. They said it's more snow than we get in a year. Wow. 4.7 inches is the yearly average for Nashville. And we got between six and eight. Wow. Depending on where you are. Six and a half on my back deck, according to Do you my, there? My, my amateur meteorologist wife. Yeah. Who this is? I mean, this is like this is her Super Bowl. What is she upset that you called her an amateur? She's like, I'm a professional meteorologist. <laughs> Only an amateur in the sense of she doesn't get paid to do it. How did weather telling the weather turn into meteorology? You know what I'm saying? Like it used to be the weather person or the weather girl, and then at some point, right? People, weather people started being like, oh, um, I'm a meteorologist. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like it felt like when did that happen? It was like the nineties, right? Eighties and nineties. Meteorology. Every weather person got a Doppler. We don't know what it meant. We just knew like Doppler was next level. I would imagine that meteorology, yeah, happened earlier than that. No, 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 I'm saying like I know meteorology was a term, but I'm saying the idea that oh, you got a weather girl, we got a meteorologist. Yeah, it like you hired somebody that was because when we grew up, we grew up with Margie Ison. In Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Margie Ison was like one of those, like, she was just kind of a cheeky, folksy, you know, like middle-aged lady who was like, it's going to rain, y'all. <laughs> and you'd be excited. Listen, l- there was literally umbrellas. When I grew up in Knoxville, there was umbrellas that people would sell. And the umbre- when you unfurled the umbrella, it said on it. It's Mar- going to rain, no, y'all. It, no, it said, Margie said it would. Wow. Yeah. That's how that's how ingrained she was in weather. So it was culture. like a psychic. Yeah, like you were visiting a medium. Yeah, is what you really were. So on she the news. was so beloved, and then at some point we replaced her with uh, a meteorologist. She retired, and I don't know if she was forced out. I need to know the real story behind. Like, was Margie kind of like her, her? Maybe Margie because was a she, meteorologist. She was like, I'm not going to Doppler school or whatever they, <laughs> you know, whatever they decide you have to do. She was like, I'm a grown woman. You can't tell me. I got umbrellas, you know, and they were like, no, Margie, right this way. And they push her out the door and in comes some dude that was like, he's got a degree and he knew he wasn't just, he wasn't just throwing darts at a board to see what was going to 
you know. Well, Margie was going to get right probably 30% of the time. Exactly. It's East Tennessee, so yeah, it's going to rain probably. It's probably going to rain sometime. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder when all that, like it's a big deal to have Doppler, and then every, every news station, it was very important to have the traffic copter. Like, we've got the eye in the sky. Right. You know, if you're just like, hey, I've been out there, it's real bad. That didn't go as well as like, a, we know what's happening. We've been in the air. Here's a shot from the eye in the sky. Yeah. And then it wasn't just a guy in the corner going, <laughs> you know, smacking his. <laughs> We're up here. We're I 40. It's real bad. Yeah. Kid runs into the room. You hear it. Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's working. <laughs> Daddy's in the copter, son. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for my voice. I'm, I have a little cold, but uh, I'm going to be fine. Yeah, I think you've never sounded better. Everything's fine. It's a depth. There's a depth to my voice today that I think is. If uh, only it would bring a depth to your sense of character. No integrity. There's no way. Intelligence. Anything really. I think what happened was I got off of a boat. I was swimming in the ocean one day uh-huh. in the Caribbean, uh-huh. and then the next day I was fighting to get home before the ice storm, and I got out and it was you know four or five inches of snow on the road by then. And then I barely power slid to my house, and then it piled up some more. And I think that the, that swing, swing in weather is what caused this. Well, since it, we woke up this morning on the back deck, the little thermometer said negative four. That's not great. But I will say I was not a non-anxious presence while you were trying to get home. You, like, were, you were almost annoying. Like, I, I you, weren't, you weren't annoying, but I was like, John, if I keep texting you back, I'm dri- what if I'm driving now? You've made it more dangerous. Texting and driving. You're like, where are you now? (laughs) Listen, here's what I'm. You were worried. I know. You kept acting like, yeah. Like, here's the thing. This is not normal for us, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to come out and say it. What's not normal? This kind of snow and ice. No, no, no. It's not. And so I, I had gone out in the four wheel drive jeep. Yeah. And I had. I mean, I did fine, but at one point I had a pretty significant fishtail on a turn, and I thought, this is a four wheel drive. You were going to be in a rented car. Uh huh. And I thought, he doesn't know what he's coming in. You're like, we'll be fine. I was like, you won't. People are stranded. Like, trucks are stranded on the Yeah, the whole situation was weird because I was coming back from a cruise, and I didn't want to pay for parking uh, for for eight, eight, nine days at the Nashville airport, which is ridiculous now. Like, parking is crazy. It's 20 bucks a day, 25 bucks a day. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not doing that. So I rented a car. Listen, I looked at Ubers from my house to the airport. Yeah, but- The Uber was going to be, because I have four bags, because I'm taking my merch with me on Uh the boat. And so- the, I had to get an XL. The XL Uber from my house to the airport was over $100. So I was like, all right, not doing that. And I looked just like, I wonder if I can get a one-way rental yeah. from, there's a Hertz near me. And I was like, a one-way rental was like 50 bucks. So I was like, I'll just do that. So I took a one-way rental to the airport, <laughs> dropped it off the day of, and then walked, you know, took my bags over and we check in. And so I was like, I'll get one coming home. So I did one coming back. And it was the same thing. The Uber was going to be about $95. Uh, a rental car one way was fifty five dollars. I was like, done. How far is the drop off? It's not. It's a little bit of a walk, and it was icy. But you know, yeah. we just whatever. You're gonna have to go. You gotta walk if you walk to the Uber area at oh, Nashville yeah, Airport. No, it's a yeah. walk too. It's like you know half a mile. Yeah. So I was like, whatever. So and it's Lord of the Flies in there. In that yeah, area. but then as we're yeah. landing, I'm thinking, or this is the day of. I was like, this is probably a bad idea to have because I don't know what rental car they're gonna give me. Right. Rental car, there could be, like there could be a big, or something. Right, there could be a big run on rental cars, and then they're just out. Right. And then I, when we got closer, I was like, if I can get to my car and, and hold it, you know, and then just go back and help Curry with the bags, because I thought it's a there's not a worse time to also get an Uber because a there's a big run on Ubers. Everybody's deciding to last minute get a ride. 
because they don't want to drive their car. Secondly, the Ubers are probably going to overcharge you because it's like surge pricing or whatever because it's ice. Thirdly, you're getting in a car with a guy you, that yeah. you do not know how he drives on ice, right? Or she, or she. Sorry, you do not know how this person drives yeah. on ice, and you're just like, yeah, I'll put my life in your hands. So I felt okay about the whole thing, but then I got over to get my rental car, and they didn't have any all-wheel drives, and I was like, all right. So I got like an SUV, but it was not all-wheel drive, and but uh, so we power slid to the house. Well, so I was going to come get you, yeah, or get stuck with you. You did, but you kept you kept texting I know, me. I'm sorry, and I was like, John. It's okay. It but wasn't it was very, it was okay, like, though. It was very fatherly. <sighs> I did have that. You. I had that six yeah. responsibility thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. my babies aren't safe right now. <laughs> I'm going to go fishtail my Jeep to you. Maybe you're just a bad driver in the ice. <laughs> you're like, fish- my Jeep fishtailed, so I know it was bad. Like, maybe you were just... Maybe I just... I was doing donuts at the time. Yeah. No, I... I uh, have navigated just fine ever since then. And the roads are still covered. Like, yeah, the roads, not, it's not melted because it stayed cold, yeah. which it usually is gone by, you know, four or five hours here. Right. They let school out. Everybody freaks out, and then it melts, and everybody's like, what did we do? Wah, wah, this wah. has not been that. No. The school is still out. But they just released us from Thursday. Yeah. Which sounds like we were in prison. Well, they just released us. Which is how it feels we just, for our kids, I'm sure, yeah. sometimes. Ugh. Well, I'm glad you made it home. Do you ever like when you're riding in an Uber? Mm-hmm become frustrated with with what you see like if you're in if they're taking you home or something and th- obviously the gps doesn't necessarily know the best way yeah it's very frustrating for me when especially in mount Ju- mount juliet is a how do i put this delicately mm. um a bustling cesspool of traffic sure you know what i'm saying like it is it is it is the infrastructure is not commiserate to the traffic congestion. It's a bustling cesspool. But usually bustling, I don't know, I don't think of bustling. No, as yeah, I, I tur- bustling is like normally a positive and cesspool is bad. Yeah, I don't know. You really, Hello. you really, listen, the, the English language is your playland, my friend. You should write books. And like, you just can't, you yeah. can't get through there. And so when they pull off and it's telling them to go straight into uh-huh. the eye of the traffic storm, do you, I'm like, dude, just turn by Cracker Barrel. Do you, I just tell them what to do. You do. I do. Oh, wow. Like, I am. But they feel like they have to do what Uber says. Because if they divert from that, does Uber get a report? I don't know. That they've gone off track and they're, like, taking you to a ditch to murder you? I'm like, look, this isn't... Because <laughs> that, that, that Uber thing is to protect you. It's to, like, he stayed en route. He delivered you when he said he was going to. Like, yeah. it's a whole thing. Well, it's maybe a safety they think feature. I've held the Uber driver hostage and I'm making him go somewhere different. Yeah. Really, I'm just trying to get home faster. I'm like, look, this road wasn't here yeah. three months ago. Right. But now it gets us home faster. So it's not going to show up in your GPS. Mm-hmm. So, please. And they usually do it. I don't... Yeah. Because I've Ubered home from the airport quite a bit. Yeah. Do you talk to your Uber driver? Other than to give him directions and... It depends. Orders? Try... Yeah. I uh, I struck up a conversation with... I had several Uber drivers before we took off on the cruise because we didn't have a rental car that day. When we got there, we had like a day before we left. So, I was like, let's go get dinner. We went somewhere to get dinner. And I'm talking. And for whatever reason... He asked what I did and what I was there for, and I told him, which is usually a mistake. Oh, yeah, wow. Usually a mistake, but I was like, whatever. He was super nice. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, what do you think about all this Cat Williams stuff? And I was like, oh, boy. Because Cat Williams did an interview, comedian Cat Williams. I don't know if you know who Cat Williams is. He's a comedian. Cat Williams. Okay. <laughs> Cat Williams did a, he's a black comic. He did a comedian. He did a uh, interview with Shannon Sharp on a podcast. It went super viral because basically he threw a million other black comics under the bus. Oh, like, dear. said they stole jokes, said that they were 
industry plants oh, that dear. didn't deserve their success, like a million. I mean, super famous people like Steve Harvey and like other people who were, you know, you would think he was friends with, but he wow. he was he's like no, he's no longer friends. He though. spilled all the tea, so it went like you know, hundred million views. So he was asking me what I thought about it, and I was like, whatever. And I go, yeah. I said, I said, you know, some of the things he said, whatever. I mean, comedians do steal jokes and. You know, if somebody didn't get, you know, their due credit, I get it. And there's a lot of whatever. I said, but then he got like, he's a little bit off. You know, Cat had some history of drug use. And I said, there's some stuff he said that I thought, whatever. I said, like he said, he goes, I've not watched it. I go, well, he said like Ludacris was uh, with the Illuminati and was offered $200 million, you know, 10 years ago. And and Cat was offered it too and turned it down. And so they gave it to Luda. And that's why he's got those 10 movies with Fast and the Furious and... You know, all he had to do was marry a white woman. All this, he just said all this stuff that was crazy. And I go, I go, so, you know, you can't take it. And he goes, no, no, I believe all that. He goes, I don't know about the other stuff. He goes, but I believe, he goes, Illuminati. He goes, Jay-Z, Beyonce, they're sacrificing children. I go, oh, wow. And now I'm in this Uber with this guy. Right. Like, it wasn't like, it was so bizarre. And Curry's just, and she's texting her friend. <laughs> she goes, she's got Johnny, one pulled Johnny up. has opened his mouth. And now this Uber driver <laughs> has pulled us into a cue hole. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> and so I was like, when we got out, I was like, all righty, uh, we're going to go get dinner. Let's not do this again. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, John? That's a great actually moment because I think we want to we want to talk about this a little more. This yes. Is, this is worth talking about. So sure. Let's take a moment to hear uh, a word from a few of our sponsors. I'm not besmirching those. I mean, like you said earlier, there we were having pre-talk conversations. Yeah. Pre-recorded conversations. Pre-talk conversations is just yeah, that's, more conversation. That's when we were babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said coo. You said coo. <laughs> that's how we start every one of these. But there is a – there are some things. Like, I, I, I do believe in cover-ups. Yeah. Right? I do believe that there – like, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I also don't think we can throw everything out – yeah, that there are things that are unexplained. Right. Um, yes, you can. We're just looking for it. We're looking for an easy explanation to something, and so that's where all these things come from. Is like we want to, we want to be like, aha, we want this like huge organized evil, right. rather than believing that there's just a presence of evil in the world that can infect all of us and make us make bad choices. We want there to be like, oh, it's these seven people that are evil. They're right. responsible for the evil in the world. And it's Jay-Z. And so, man, and then my favorite part about that is, the, honestly, and I won't go t- too far down this hole because then we'll just get in emails and letters. Actually, but the idea that, like, they're in this super secret group that controls the world and drinks blood and all this nonsense. But then they're not smart enough to not show it off every time. Like, every time right. they do a Super Bowl performance, they got to show the symbol because that's what they're doing. Like, okay, guys. Right. They left you Easter eggs like Taylor Swift. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always my thing. There's such a hubris... And I do believe, I do believe that this comes from the Enlightenment thinking, mm-hmm. which moved from more collective culture into individualism. And what it said is, is that it's not that. It, first of all, all truth is knowable. Okay, that that's a part even of Christianity informed right. principles that led into the like leaning into Gnosticism, right? right? Where it's like we've got the secret handshake, right? Yeah. There's a truth that's knowable, and then enlightenment says not only is it knowable, but it's knowable by you as an individual. Uh-huh. Like if you think hard enough, try hard enough, really get there, read enough, or don't read enough, just listen in our case. But there's a trickle down over the centuries of that of saying not only 
is there something out there that can be known? It can be known by me. And so that's always my thing. Like, look, for all the QAnon conspiracies or whatever, it's that these are these are global organizations uh-huh. that are so strong they can heck people believe they can move weather weather patterns right mm-hmm. and so all the way down to elections and all the things but what they could not account for was your grandma on her facebook page right right like they couldn't account she, for she unlocked the code and we don't see the absurdity a little bit that i believe if something is is out there that's that big and that important at some point then it's too important for me to be able to figure out if I believe I can, then what I believe, what it really is, is you're saying that you're the one who runs the world. You're smarter than the people who run the world because they weren't smart enough to hide it from you. Yeah. So there's such a like grand hubris and pride to it going, no, no, no. <laughs> I figured it out. It was just me right. and Google and Instagram. And yeah. that, you know, so that's always how it gets me is the, well, yeah, I just, I think they even have a slider now in your Uber where you can be like, Let's keep it quiet. Like they actually added it where you can be like, I prefer quiet rides. Yeah. To where they know not to. And I don't, that feels odd to me because we're supposed to be salt and light. We're supposed to be, you know, but then you get sucked into a cue hole. I really do struggle. I I try to talk. I try to talk. Um, I go, hey, what's up? You know, I go, thanks. You know, like if it was like if somebody picked me up in the ice and snow, I would have definitely been like, hey, man. Yeah. Good on you. Although I do want them to pay attention to the road. That's true. As well. Um, I think that there is a like, no, there's, there's a line. I'm an introvert. Yeah. Engaging, even though I'm a pastor and I don't, or I'm an ambivert possibly. I have both, but. Land and water. Yeah. Right. And so both hands left and right. John went to the glasses as he started talking about this. I wonder what's coming. Something deep. Well, I'd pull up. For you just listening, John pulled up. He pulled pulled on the glasses. This is like Kornheiser. If you ever watch PTI. Tony will even say, I'm going to the glasses. And he reads things from a pad like stats he's written down on a pad. (laughs) <laughs> He'll say, I'm going to the glasses. <laughs> well, I was going to read because I was reading, um, I sent you guys in the group some stuff. Yeah. I, there's this amazing little book. Okay. It's called The Bible. <laughs> God's Ways for Daily Living or something. It's a very, it's a, it, it's, it sounds very like, oh, that's not something I would want to read. But it's Tim Keller. Okay. Like if Tim Keller. I mean, yeah, it, I saw you shared a quote from it into our uh, small group. Yeah, and, and I told my wife this morning again, because it's, it's a quick, I mean, it literally is probably a 60-second read. Yeah. And it's on Proverbs, and it's going through Proverbs. And the whole book is a 60-second read? The whole thing. I couldn't wow. believe it. That is. That Keller really that's a, condensed. That's a pamphlet. <laughs> you, you've been given a pamphlet. That's a gospel tract. 60, 60 seconds a okay, day. Okay, 60 seconds a day. You might okay. take a little longer, but. Um, I, need to, I need to get this book. This is right up my alley. And so, he, but it's so, it's so good. It's, it's little, and, and, but I told my wife this morning. Morning, I was like, the loss of Tim Keller continues to be, in my opinion, maybe the the greatest loss in the 21st century to the Christian intellectualism, at least, or, yeah. or the, the, the shepherding side. But he was talking about in Proverbs, in in where wisdom basically is having interaction with different kinds of people and their foolishness. Yeah. So, so instead of me quoting it all, I'll just kind of describe it. And he talks about the mockers. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I think was on the mockers. Yeah, and it was describing 21st century culture, mm-hmm. and it was that the mockers are the ones that make themselves out to be smarter and continually criticize others, and that usually it's those who are less informed or looking to your point for an, an easier answer or a summative explanation for the chaos. Yeah, right. Then it's easier to bring it into someone, and they go. And we like mocking. 
we like gossip and we like mocking. Like right. One one scripture in Proverbs says that uh, gossip is like a tasty morsel. Mm-hmm. And so I will tell my daughter that with the kids at school sometimes in the teenage world. I was like, look, it's easier to talk crap about people because it's tasty. Yeah. Like everyone around you is doing that. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's like the thing you want to you want to hear about it. Uh-huh. Right? You want the dirt on people. And that's actually a scriptural thing. But then when you begin to move from that into like a just putting el- someone else down and saying, no, I'm the one who has the knowledge. What what it says in Proverbs is that eventually wisdom will mock you, mm-hmm. right? that it catches up with you. So it's a fascinating thing to me how our conspiracy mindset is entrenched in a tribal, you know, this binary enemy that I have to be good. Someone else has to be bad. Right. Right. And, and I have an answer. Someone else has deception and, and you can trust me because look how stupid they are. And it just deflects completely from any stupidity that I may have. Yeah. <laughs> like doesn't at that point, even you find in that attitude, people defending the, their chief mockers, right. stupidity, even like, no, they didn't mean that because to your point, um, you made a point earlier again in pre-conversation. Sorry. That there are certain things that if they came true, we wouldn't know what to do because we've gone so far down that hole. Yeah. Like we've gone so far now to be able to pull back and say, maybe this guy went too far. Maybe this group went too far. Maybe this idea is not balanced. It's not, it's not a middle way. It's, it's kind of on the extremes. And I was there for a while now, but the pullback feels like such right. a shameful defeat now that we miss wisdom. Right. Which wisdom says is, of course, you should pull back. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. <laughs> it's okay to walk back. It's never too late to turn around and walk the right direction, no matter how long you've gone the wrong, right? Yeah. But it, it, it feels shameful to us. I'd be curious your thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I think part of it is that what I said earlier about, like, there's a way to boil it down that we, that feels comfortable to us. If these seven people could be stopped... Yeah. Or they're so powerful we could never stop them because they have all the money in the world. And so what's the use? Yeah. But I can still put them in this box and say, they're the evil ones. Uh-huh. We're good. <clears throat> you know, and it's hard to it's hard to confront the evil within ourselves. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to say, like, no, it's the people out there. And then we make up horrible, you know, whatever in our minds. Because, yeah. like, uh, James Woods, who's become an alt-right lunatic over the last few years, a famous actor, very talented guy, but over the last 10 years, he's lost his mind. He's an alt-right lunatic. And so somebody said the other day, like, what is, how bad is Hollywood, you know, to somebody who doesn't understand how bad it is. And he says, uh, multiply, multiply your worst fears by a hundred. Well, that's just something you just say. Right. Like he's not being offered Hollywood roles anymore and he's very bitter about it. Yeah. So now he gets to tell this person who wants to believe the worst yeah. about Tom Hanks or whatever. That they're, you know, whatever. And so they, he just goes, just multiply. It's like, this is just irresponsible at this point. Right. It's just. You can be like, call it Holly weird and say like, oh, they have different values than we do or whatever. You can say that and say like, I don't like when they do political grandstanding at their award shows. Okay. But to say they're hideous monsters who are doing unspeakable things without any proof. Like, it's just so irresponsible. And then for somebody who's on the outside looking in now of Hollywood to now be like, I'm going to I'm going to make a lot of money now because I can grandstand on these ideas. I just think it's so stupid and irresponsible. Well, the lack of proof not being a reason not to believe anymore. Yeah, it 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 is astounding to me because I think if there's anything that alarms me about. Yeah. 
democratic society in, in, in particular, it's that that doesn't bother us anymore. That now, like the lack of proof is the proof of the conspiracy. It just proves yeah. it's so much more sophisticated than we thought. Right. Or when proof does come, I can't take it at face value. No, because it might be mainstream media. Right. I can't but where'd say. Where did the story come from? Who confirmed it? Again, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, I will say this. <laughs> this is because it's a pet peeve of mine on some things. This is not about who should have won the election in 2020. This is not about that. Yeah. Like, I will accept the results of whoever won the election in 2020 based upon yeah. democratic voting systems placed into our Constitution. <clears throat> it's when 70-plus courts yeah. have ruled that they can't find any that, – that, that these results were valid. At that point, if you believe in the justice system, like, this is what makes democracy so amazing, mm-hmm. is that we have these checks and balances. And so, yes, is it possible for there to be – a conspiracy over there to be fraud. Yeah, it's possible. And the Constitution has a remedy for that. And it's the judicial system, mm-hmm. which we're supposed to then have. I mean, I'm using a term here, faith in. So I may not have faith in every judge, but when now 70, many who wanted the election to go a different direction because they were appointed by, you know, conservative presidents. When we can't now go when it doesn't even, you know, blip on the radar. Yeah. Like if you want to now say yeah. the conspiracy goes so fast in the judicial system, but if you if you can't even stop for a second and say yeah. maybe there's something there data driven that's significant, because mm-hmm. I find comfort in that. I go okay, the system now for all of its flaws, right? If if it's this many independent sources looking uh-huh. at data and evidence, but now you don't have to have proof to believe narrative. Right. Well, or they, you know, they used to be a thing with comedy, like John Stewart talked about that. He was kind of lamenting that his whole show on The Daily Show was the emperor has no clothes. That's the comedy principle of showing you, like, this is what you believe. This is why I can show you, I can strip this away and show you the emperor has no clothes. And um, that used to be the thing. Right. That's That was the purpose of comedy. You could kind of chip away and... Uh, I wouldn't say you change hearts and minds. I'm not even sure if that helps anymore. But at some point now, you know, you say, hey, the emperor is naked. And they go, well, you drink blood of children. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, like, they just, it doesn't matter. Like, they don't, it's so crazy. Or your emperor is naked, too. Right, your your emperor is even more naked. (laughs) Well, what's weird is, like, I think about that, too, like, social media posts and things even like us we're careful on the podcast most days today for whatever reason we're talking more political things but most days we're pretty careful i think that some like it used to be you would say like oh well i need to get my views out there i don't think people change their mind about issues anymore i think they change their mind about you yeah you know like if i go well this is what i believe and this is why and here's all the things i this is the reasons i believe these things they might not they, – they're not listening to that. They stopped listening at your belief, and they go, I thought Johnny was a good one. Right. And now I realize that he's a woke whatever, – whatever they decide, whatever the pejorative is, or yeah. he's a Trumper, or he's a whatever. Whatever we whatever box we put people in. And they throw you away. They go, hmm. So they've changed their mind about you. That's very – that's a fascinating – Not the issue. You could put that out, Johnny, on uh, social media, and it would probably gain traction, but um – I'm not going to – this is going to be our book that we release Ooh. Uh, very soon from uh, Harper Collins. 
Oh, well, uh, that's why wow, you're calling my there. shot. I'm calling my shot. <laughs> well, and, and I want to state uh, again to to comment on election fraud, which is literally right now a swirling. I mean, it, it's as deep around us as this snow yeah. right now. I mean, like we're we're in an election year. <clears throat> that was a heck of a metaphor. You put on the glasses for that Come metaphor, on, man. I did. But like I don't, I'm not, I don't consider that being political. Yeah, because I didn't speak to. Like I said, I don't really like. I may have an opinion, but I'm speaking now as a history and political science yeah. teacher and, a, and a, you know, a biographer. Like I'm speaking about someone who tries to find the facts about someone's story, and I and, and understands hopefully just a minute process of the legal system and those things. And right. I'm not smarter than the lawyers and all those things. I, I'm not saying no, that. not even close, not even close. But like to say. That I think there's a valid point. Yeah, if you hear someone's pastor who is, you know, literally, I'm, I'm a I'm a believer and I'm not a leftist or a Marxist. Like I'm just not. I get to decide that. Yeah, right. You, you can't just call me that. But if I have a viewpoint based in the judicial system about the 2020 election, which everybody around us has a viewpoint, but now. Again, right. you're, you're, you're going to be just destroyed. We're scared to even say those things, and we're trying to be wise because it's not what all this is about all the time. But it plays into it. Like we have these silos where the wisdom of Scripture or th- that we won't allow it into. Yeah. Like don't don't bring your politics. And I've told our church this a bunch. Like we have not gotten into politics in our church, but politics came to the door of our church. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be some reaction at some point to help disciple in that arena yeah. And not telling people how to vote or how to believe and all those things, but to say, when your reaction is aligned with God's ways or not, here are the mirrors of Scripture for you to hold right. up with your own community, too. Right. We're not telling you whether you're right or wrong. You take these things. It's what they're for. Yeah. And look at them. So, interestingly enough, Johnny, because my quote had nothing to do with this. Oh, but, is this time for your quote? I think quote? it's time for the quote, because oh. it, it might play into it, and it wasn't, it wasn't oh boy. deliberate, so I'm sorry. Here we go. Uh, this is a little segment uh, we like to call, uh, They Talked About That. I feel like I'm accepting an award. You should, yeah. Um, or being like, you've went too long on your speech and you're being <laughs> played off. Well, that's more likely. <laughs> that, that's a pretty likely scenario. Also, my wife, Laura. I want to thank her. <laughs> oh, my you gosh. Forgot. What did I do? Yeah. <laughs> um, Margaret Thatcher. Yes. Margaret Thatcher uh, said, power is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. Mm. And this is from a powerful lady. Yeah. Power is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. Yeah. And I think what a telling, and again, this isn't really not about politics for me. I think power happens on the personal level yeah. as much as anywhere. As a parent, I struggle with this because anytime I find myself having to proclaim, because I'm your dad, you're like, you know, I've oh, had to, right. like now you're in this. Yeah. Because I, you just. And because a, I'm the parent and you are the child. Right. And you, there's times you have to, yeah. I think, do that. Or I, I'm sure really good parents who are listening are like, no, I found the secret to not ever doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. But there are moments you're like, we're at the, we're at the sort of, you know, ground zero of this arrangement right now. Yeah. And it is that I am the parent and you are not. Yeah. And I'm going to have to make this decision and that's going to be what it is. And I need you to align. How does it go that. when you, uh, when you do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. It goes, we, we get the thing done that we need yeah. to get done, 
Um, and bitterness builds. Well, I don't know. No, you know, John, you're fine. You're a good parent. No, I don't know. I, I don't, don't think you pull that out all the time. I don't think that's something you It's not your go-to. No. But you do think, Thatcher's right there, that you do lose something when you have to proclaim yeah. how powerful you are. You lose some of that power. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a comedian saying how funny they are. Oh, brutal. Right. Or like blaming the crowd. That's what you see a lot. Yeah. I see that a lot. That's that's a painful thing to watch is a comedian not getting the laugh he thought he should get and then being like, I don't think y'all heard me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's now, That's funny. a preacher thing, too. Yeah. It's like, woo. Uh, guys, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Yeah. It's like, like, no, we don't they, get a lot of shouting. No, they there. heard you. <laughs> they heard you fine. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do if I said that one Sunday, guys? I'm preaching better than you. I'm gonna just I'm gonna break it out. We're not a shout and come to church. No, but uh, <laughs> I want you to do it. What I do is I pick at them. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, I did it a little bit Sunday. I get it during announcements because we're doing our annual surveys mm-hmm. for community, you know. And I'll just be like, look, guys, this may be the most exciting thing that we do all year. Yeah, you know. And I just really built it up. I was like, it's this survey. There's a QR code in the screen. I'm like, <laughs> I said, people come out of the woodwork. They ask me to talk more about it. So yeah. that's why I'm up here doing it right Please now. Please fill out these multiple choice questions. And I can see by the looks on your faces right now that you are riveted. Like, yeah. you can't wait. Look at all the phones. Look, I'm just going to stay in here while all the phones are lifted to the screen. To, to, and it's like one phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But so the quieter it gets, like, the more I'm yeah, like, you lean you know, into it. I lean into it as a, yeah. I don't even know if they laugh. I think some of them laugh. There's laughing. There's a chortle. I don't know. It's a. It's a, it's a, what do you, I don't know. I don't know. I need them to do the survey. So back yeah. to the original thing, like, Hey, you're, I'm going to get this one way or another. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, have you completed your survey? I have not. Oh, that's why I put all this in here. I'm sorry. I don't want to have to proclaim to you how powerful I am. I don't know if I got the survey. Did you email it? <sighs> Cause I wasn't at service. I was on a boat. Yeah. It's been emailed. I'm on a boat, John. Yeah. You were out sailing the high seas. Oh man. What a time we had. I do think that there is, and I'm writing historically right now, um, and that sounds like I've yeah. written in the past. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've gone back in time. I'm writing on historical subjects right now. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln, man. Right. Uh, and I'm reading and writing on him some. And like, talk about a guy who showed up humbly as a leader. Mm-hmm. And he took strong measures. I mean, you can't. Find a place in history where literally the man's election caused, yeah, you know, the country to tear itself the country apart. to right. to st- states to begin to secede from the union. Yeah, as he is saying to them, please don't secede from the union. Yeah, like we're not going to attack you. Like you know, the, I'm you, the president. You are the states. <laughs> he tried. He tried to do. It was a well. I mean, but he he never yeah. he never crossed that. You know, I mean, again, he was very human and was depressed and all kinds of things and would get. You know, it's not like he was above the humanity that all of us, you know, struggle with. But I think that he saw the office, though, mm-hmm. as a citizen first office. Yeah. At first, he was a citizen. Like, there's a, there is a common respect among him and other citizens. Like, hey, and he lost almost every election he'd ever run for until mm. he was elected president. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and then he was elected president in the most volatile time. This gives me hope. I mean, in American history. I think I'm going to run. I think you should do it. Can I just say we need a presidential candidate that's not 80 years old? Is that fair? Wow. You Is that were, a fair you're point? You're going right into politics again. I just. I will say 
these are the oldest people who've ever had the office. If either one, these are the oldest presidents in American history. Yeah. And that is a little bit, it's and a, it's not ageism to say, mm-mm. I think there's some article in, I don't forget, it was Wall Street Journal or something, where they asked people in their mm-hmm. 70s and 80s Do you what, think you? Yeah. what they thought about mm-hmm. a president being in their late 70s or early 80s. And I don't think any of them thought that. They were that like, be, finally, one for us. <laughs> they, they were like, get out of here. I think yeah. it was like, yeah. So, interesting. Oh, boy. Well, it's, uh, those are our choices. And, uh, John, let's, let's go all the way back, since you're going to write historically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's go all the way back this week in history. It's the same we call Talk About Then. John, the cartoon character that made its debut this week, 1929, was hired by, uh, in the cartoon, a person called Castor Oil, a character in the strip Thimble Theater, to navigate his ship. Do you know who it was? Steamboat Willie. No. What? Castor Oil would be your first. O-Y-L. Oh, uh, Popeye. Popeye. Uh, his first line to the strip, upon being asked if he was a sailor, was, do you think I'm a cowboy? Oh. Oh. Sassy. The Popeye character is based on a real person named Frank Rocky Fiegel, <laughs> who was unusually strong and had a characteristic pipe and propensity for fist fighting. What about spinach? I don't know if that was just added. I bet you that was added because of the spinach company. Do you ever notice he always got the spinach out of a can? Yeah. Which for that time... Yeah, why not just grab it out of the... I mean, I guess that's out the... Out of the ground. I wonder if that was the beginnings... I mean, they were the canning, canning things. The canning industry. But yeah. It was like a promo for them. If you're going to get spinach. They wanted that thing where it kind of squirts out the top. Yeah, too, you know. squirt it out of a metal can. Of course, he was very strong. They'd be like, i got to find a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. I don't have to. He didn't, how did he have the strength to squeeze the can? Before he'd eaten the spinach. That's. Oh, we just found. Want that? Mm-hmm. You're weak enough to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, Popeye historian Michael Brooks regularly sent him money. Uh, Popeye creator. Hold on. Pop, Fiegel was from Fiegel. Uh, Fiegel was from Popeye creator E. C. Seeger's hometown, and according to Popeye historian Michael Brooks, Seeger regularly sent him. And so they sent this guy some money because for of his, his caricature, basically. I guess maybe he didn't. Maybe he wouldn't have known. Like, how would you know if somebody made a cartoon about you? Would you know? Like to be like they owe me money? Would be a really boring cartoon. That guy. That's, I'm. That's what me. would you call him? Jopai. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not <laughs> Jopai the reader. You got a. You've got a. You seem like a. You got a little droopy in you. You know. You remember, the dog, remember the dog droopy? I do. You got a little. You, you know, think I'd be like the dog droopy? You got a little bit of a. There's a. There's a sad awareness to you <laughs> that's that I enjoy. That's my favorite thing about you. It's my favorite character. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Prohibition began, John, this week, 1920. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 18th Amendment goes into effect. While it did not prohibit the consumption of alcohol, it did ban the sale, manufacture, and transportation of the alcoholic beverages. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you already had it, right? hey, drink away. Right. But this is where bootlegging and right. moonshining and Why all is it called bootlegging, by the way? Were people putting booze in their so, bootlegs? Yeah. Yes. Were you drinking something that had been in someone's bootleg? Why do I feel, yes. Why do I feel like maybe someone had a wooden leg at first and they were hiding stuff in it? Uh, in like a hollow leg? Uh, I watched, listen, go watch the documentary, Ken Burns' documentary on Prohibition. Listen, I'd have to really, really want to get drunk 
to be like, hey, hey you got any of that? Uh, any of that boot liquor? <laughs> it's boot liquor. That's good, John. It's an accidental pun. You win. Uh, John Muhammad Ali uh, was born Cassius Clay, January seventeenth. Uh, this week, nineteen forty-two, died in twenty sixteen. Uh, American boxer, three-time world heavyweight champion. He was arrested, found guilty of draft evasion, and stripped of his title for refusing to serve in the Vietnam War. It's interesting too, like how history treats people. We talked a little bit about George Foreman kind of being this menacing uh, boxer that people were, he was kind of treated almost like a monster in part of his career. Like he, people were kind of afraid of George Foreman and he was kind of a villain. And then he come, you know, years later, he's, this, he's known for being this really like baby faced grill peddler who comes back and has this great second act where he becomes world champion again as a 43 year old. Yeah. He was 45 actually. And I think it's fascinating how like history will, you just change your mind about things. Like now we kind of realize Vietnam was this, it's very well, it's complicated. So it's like, is it unpatriotic to not serve in the Vietnam war? A hundred percent. It was then like, Oh, I can't believe this guy. And now I just don't know how he, like Bob Costa said that when he lit the torch suffering from Parkinson's, if you remember the 96 Olympics, Muhammad Ali lit the torch and Bob Costas was so struck by this, having covered sports for decades. Yeah. He said, if you had told me that Muhammad Ali, who was so reviled by the country in the 70s, that the mere sight of him, his trembling hand bringing the torch to light the Olympic flame, would bring grown men to tears. Like, the idea of those two things right. is so crazy to think like what history does, what time does to yeah. our viewpoints of people. And it's kind of, I think it's interesting. I'm fascinated by that. The idea of like, oh, you know, we, you know, we either we move on or we get new information or we let things go or people like change and that's okay too. Yeah. But he didn't change his mind about the war. He just thought it was an unjust war and didn't want to be yeah. a part of it. But anyway, that really affected his title reign, obviously. Like he was in the, it took like five years away from his prime. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, yeah. uh, I think he's an interesting character all around. John, finally, the U.S. purchased the Virgin Islands this week, 1917. The treaty purchasing the Danish Virgin Islands from Denmark. Uh, do you want to guess the price? 1917. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like. I love these. I love these guessing games. Let's see, 1917. I'm going to call it 20 million. 25 million in gold. It was ratified by the U.S. with the U.S. purchasing them the following week and taking possession two months later. The U.S. Virgin Islands are the only place. Did you know? I know this because I just came from there. I was in the U.S. Virgin Islands as part of my cruise. I was in St. Thomas. And we drove the the road. It's the only place in the U.S. where traffic drives on the left because I guess it was a British. It was Dutch, wasn't it? Dutch. Or no, Denmark. Denmark. So, yes. Anyway, it was was a. Danish. They drive on the left there still. Did, Did you drive? No, but when we crossed, I was like, this is odd. Like, I, I realized, okay, traffic's coming. Yeah. You got to be, got to keep your head on a swivel, John. Well, I did a thing, by the way, speaking of driving to the left. Okay. I haven't told you about this. You were power sliding home and you were like, I'm in the wrong lane. Well, you and I didn't get, we didn't get to eat today as usual, but um, I have uh, applied for a PhD program. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, and the John's going to be Dr. John Driver? Well, no, I haven't. I applied for one, and it turns out there was some oh. miscommunications on how the 
program works because I can't do most. You of send seventy nine ninety five, and then they send they you a like, doctor certificate. Well, give me the certificate. No, you're looking at probably five six years worth of oh. work if I oh. if I do this. But one of the programs I'm looking at though, okay. is in England. Yeah, but and you it, would do it online. It's uh, distance learning, but you have to go a couple times. I think three times in the course of the year. Okay. Of the of the you program. stay on the left side of well, the, that's the thing. information I'm highway. Like, if I have to rent a car, I'm very stay on the left side. Of the- <laughs> it's the information superhighway, and you got to stay on you the left side. You do not want to get on the right side of that. No, you get Ooh. run down. Yeah, but it'd be interesting. It's one of those me. British horns, like ooga. It's like one of those old. I don't know how their horns work over there. <laughs> your horns are so different there. Yeah, okay. oh, their sirens are different than ours. Yes. It's like hee hoo hee hoo. And the bobbies with the oh. sticks and the things. They Did still they have, have those. They have bobbies. Do the police officers carry guns now? There, I don't know. They just say halt. Right. They just come with their seriously this time. Yeah. They're. I don't know. But yeah, that's great. So you're not going to do it now. Well, I don't know. <coughs> I'm waiting to hear back on some things. But I'd like to do it. It's be being history. Five years, John. It'd be in history. So it'd be a okay. Yeah. But um, what I have to? Do you want me to call you doctor after that? Absolutely. We're going to open the show. With- I'm Doctor John Driver. <laughs> I'm a meteorologist now. You went from weather girl. To meteorologist, man, you're so important. It may, it's probably it. There's a lot that has to come together. Yeah. So, uh, huh. well, I, I think it will. I'm excited for you. You think? I do. I, to me, you've always been a doctor. Oh wow. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, I appreciate that. Not the kind that helps people. No. But like, like Doctor Who. <laughs> Was that on Friends where he said that I am a doctor? He's not the kind that helps people. I think it was there was a show where that line was yeah. used. And I can't because it was Ross, who's a paleontologist. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. Well, that's I could see you being that kind of doctor for sure. Well, I mean, just being like, hey, somebody sent me this certificate. Everybody, look at me. <laughs> well, for next episode, we can talk about we could really mine um, the intricacies of my own. Um, paranoia mm-hmm. over my motivations for this oh okay but uh um, sure yeah uh, you would love we love to, i love to mine paranoia and motivations oh. <laughs> that's my favorite did i mention i'm not a doctor uh, so there's a limit to what i can do for you john why don't you lay down on the couch we'll finish this off air uh, sounds good yeah. hey guys uh man you should check out our website though talk about that podcast.com mm. if you go to that upper right you can click there and get ad free content that's how you support the show go to the lower right that's where you can send us a little note and say huh. hey guys love the show or hate the show whatever whatever you want to say that got a nice a- uh, note a nice email yes uh from uh Someone who was on the cruise with you last week. That's right. They happened to meet me on the cruise. I've never just, they said something like they just discovered my comedy on the cruise and now they were a loyal podcast listener. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, so we got another one. Come on, man. We're just building this one at a time. One at a time. Listen, if we only reach one person. Yeah. Then we won't what are we doing? be able to keep doing this. Probably. No, it's, that's not a good We need ratio. more of you. So share with your friends. Go to Johnny W J O N N I E W dot com. Yes. New tour dates going up every day and, uh, and then johndriver.com to find all your literary needs. Have all those met. There's going to be a GoFundMe there for my PhD, maybe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, hey, man, thanks for the time you gave us this week. And if you're out there in the snow, hey, be careful, guys. Yeah. yeah. Even if you're in a Jeep and you think, I got this. Yeah. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. <laughs> guys, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. I'll talk about that.
Hi friend, are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stressless Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.